Hello. I mean, rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to Chris Ann Hall Show. This is J.C. Hall, not Chris Ann Hall. This is J.C. Hall filling in for Chris Ann. You can follow me at J.C. Hall Global on Instagram if you like. It is November the 7th, 2022, the day before midterm elections, 2022, when we do a little bit of pump breaks uh, on the radical agenda of the Democrat party or whatever you want to call them today. I have a problem with the term Democrat because I, I just, I, I think that words cover today because even what we've traditionally known as Democrats, I mean, it really doesn't exist. It doesn't exist any longer. My, my grandma and grandpa were Democrats, people where I grew up in the South, um, Dixiecrats, as they called them, Democrats, they, they wouldn't support this stuff that this current group, this tribe, going by the name Democrat Party, the the, the, the agenda that they forward, my, my grandparents wouldn't support. You know, hey, grandma, grandpa, you want your you want your uh, uh, granddaughter to learn, you know, how to perform these acts on another person or another girl and, you know, be taught about that in a book in school, in some comic book in school or from her uh, teacher who we don't know what it is, boy, girl. In fact, would they want them to be taught that's that's not even a thing anymore? Gender is not even a thing. You can just be uh, you can be a puppy or whatever the guy we, we, we saw on the TV. He, he now identifies as a dog and demands um, doggy treats or whatever's going on there. Uh, craziness. So I don't know. Maybe you could put in the chat, like, what do you think these people should be called today if not Democrats? I mean, demon possessed is pretty obvious, obvious one. Um, so whatever you like. But this radical, uh, revolutionary, death cult, pervert, uh, subversive degenerates uh, we're going to put the brakes on the agenda after tomorrow a little bit we're not stopping everything you know it's not i mean this thing continues but nevertheless it's a little put on the break which by the way that that kind of is a thought process going into the uh voting booth so you really have to prioritize things i know conservatives have a problem with this uh, but you have to kind of prioritize your choices. Right now, we're talking about the overall trajectory of where this thing is going. And, you know, we have to take the levers of power out of that group of folks' hands. Uh, that, mean, that may mean voting for some Republicans because they came through the primary. We're, we're done with the primary. You don't have that choice anymore. We're in the general. So that may be, you know, that may mean voting for a Republican that under normal circumstances you wouldn't vote for. But the goal here... Uh, is to pump the brakes, and then we'll deal with that guy, you know, as we're able. able. Uh, shame on us that, you know, we didn't get that get that done uh, in these different places, and then now that's what we're stuck with. But the number one priority now is just pump the brakes on the Biden administration and what's going on, and uh, and go from there. So it's it's uh, you know capturing territory, capturing ground, making a claim. So that's what we're what we're doing in, in this point. And, you know, everybody everywhere is talking about this red wave, possibility of a red wave uh, coming. It's pretty much in the bag that Republicans are going to take the House, that the House is going to go red. And um, then the Senate. Senate is is in play. And as it as it stands now, it looks like, you know, if everything, you know, if we voted today based on the polls and as much as you can trust 
all the polls and polling averages, uh, Republicans take take the Senate as well as the House. And Joe Biden becomes a lame duck president, or at least he'll have to, you know, operate uh, through different means than what he has been doing. So technically become a lame duck. And that's what we're shooting for. So a lot of races, a lot of races to watch. We'll be here. Uh, we'll be here tomorrow. We'll be in and out on on the uh, show from time to time during the election. Chris Ann is going to be on all night tomorrow with uh, the Victory News on the Victory News channel. So you can pull that up, find that online, streaming, live streaming on the Internet, the Victory Channel. Chris Ann will be, uh, be there in their watch night coverage for the elections tomorrow night. Polls close seven o'clock and uh, stuff will start rolling in. People will start calling uh, different things. Some of these we won't know for, for some time, but nevertheless, this is what's happening. Midterm elections tomorrow. Democrats are going to get taken to the woodshed to an extent. And a lot of places, uh, you know, there are some races in play that are a bit surprising for folks, particularly some of these governor uh, governor's races and some Senate races. So as it stands right now, if you looked at the polling averages uh, today, 538 and all these different places, uh, there are two Senate seats that are Democrat uh, that are predicted to go Republican, and that is the Senate seat from Georgia. It is uh, the poll, the average of all the polls have Herschel Walker up by one. That's still razor thin, it's still close, but the movement, the trending uh, is in, in the Republican direction. So as of now, it's predicted there, the Democrats will lose that Georgia Senate seat. Uh, and the other one as of now, despite what you might hear in mainstream media, as far as the polling goes, the other one is Nevada. It is up by one uh, today, the, the day before the midterm elections. Polls open seven o'clock in the morning, I think most places. And uh, Adam Laxalt is ahead. So Nevada, as it stands right now, is predicted to go to the GOP. And then all of the races, uh, that are already Republican that people were watching uh, look look like they're going to they're going to stay Republican hands pretty solid. So the North Carolina race, Sherry uh, Beasley versus Ted Budd, Budd's now up by four. Uh, in Ohio, Tim Tim Ryan versus JD Vance. JD Vance is up by five uh, in the polling averages. The Fetterman. And uh, versus Oz in Pennsylvania is even, but again, the Biden effect and the strong movement um, overall is in the Republican side. So conventional wisdom out there for the most part is, is if it's even and you add the drag of Joe Biden and the trending, then you're talking about that thing being red. Uh, and then Ron Johnson, Wisconsin versus the communist. Uh, Johnson is up by three. So basically all the races that, that the people were looking at 
you know, the swing states and the close races and that sort of thing in, in the red that, that were already GOP uh, look like they're going to stay GOP. And then out of the, uh, the four that people really had their eyes on, um, look like two out of those four are going to go blue. You still have Michael Bennett, Joe Day in Colorado, that Senate race. People are looking at uh, Patty Murray, Tiffany Smiley in Washington. You know, I mean, people talk about these ones in, in play or, or ones that would surprise you. So some of these, you know, we still won't know. Uh, until uh, until the fat lady sings, so we don't know just yet. But um, Rubio's pretty pretty solid lock in Florida. People were talking about that some time ago, which I don't know why, uh, as if Val Demings had a prayer, but um, but she doesn't. Um, but those are kind of the Senate races to watch. Those are the um, the uh, the ones that everybody's keeping their eye on. And then there are a couple of governor's races. Um, Georgia, again, Walker's Walker's trending uh, to a win. And then so is Kemp, apparently, against Stacey Abrams. Um, What, what, I, Georgia, I just, Georgia's mind-boggling to me. Some of the most radical, insane candidates uh, in the entire country, in Georgia, Stacey Abrams and Raphael Warnock. I mean, raving, raving, raving Marxist, uh, crazy people, crazy people. Raphael Warnock pastors at the historic Ebenezer Baptist Church in, uh, in, in Georgia, a la Martin Luther King Jr., and uh, it's funny, I was watching him, I was watching his video the other day, we, we don't need a walker, we need a runner and all that sort of stuff. I look in his pulpit. His pulpit is the, the communist fist with a cross in that fist, right? The power to the people fist. Well, it was originally anarchist meme. Uh, but this Marxist communist fist that came to be associated with the communist black power movement, uh, that's what he has on the front of his pulpit, this preacher. But what's now what's interesting about this whole thing um, is how and I'm, I'm watching videos and seeing stories come out and, and uh, listening to, to people we know there. The the blazing, murderous, psychopathic radicalism being spewed from the mouth of Raphael Warnock and Stacey Abrams uh, is taking place in the churches. Obviously, Warnock is a is a pastor. And he's saying all this crazy talk from the pulpit. And then Abrams is trying to network through Warnock to get into the church. So she's been in the the churches, so-called black churches. Uh, And, you know, she's spouting her nonsense and and the pro-abortion and the way to fix the economy is to kill babies, uh, all that narrative. And much of the church and the black church in Georgia is seeing this and are so many of them are so now offended at what they see going on and the fact that this is taking place in the church and, you know, they're seeing churchgoers cheer this utter nonsense. There's a backlash that's happening and the church in Georgia is rising up. And this is causing a split uh, where th- these folks are really, really, really waking up. And by the way, shame on the GOP for the pathetic job uh, that you've done in Georgia uh, for, for this sort of thing. 
even to be a phenomenon. Uh, somebody needs to get to work there. No offense, but that's an embarrassment. That, that's terrible. Uh, so, there's a problem. There's, there's a problem in Denmark, folks, in Georgia, when, when you have uh, this level of extreme radicalism is what's forwarded uh, in the state like that. It's, it's, really, it's really something to behold. Uh, another, another one that, and again, a lot of this is liberals, Democrats talking about these things being in play and, and they're, they're running scared. Uh, I think they're angling to set Biden up to make him look bad and take the blame for everything so that they can, you know, get somebody else to run and get him out of the way. Uh, so a lot of this stuff's coming from Democrats and they're talking about the New York race uh, with Lee Zeldin, that Lee Zeldin is, you know, is, is gaining ground. So that New York governor's race is one to watch as well. Uh, pull up that, put up that article, the, the, uh, Wal Herschel Walker and uh, Warnock, the Georgia, Georgia article there. So you, you can see the headline. I think it says, uh, what does it say, up by five or something like that? Yeah, Kemp Walker. So yeah, so they're leading, man. This is, uh, yeah. 45, yeah, so five for Abrams, 45% Abrams, 50% uh, for, for Kemp there as far as that race, the governor's race. And uh, and I think I saw, um, I, I forget, the, the they, they say Walker plus one. Um, I don't know what those specific polls are showing right there. How about, uh, what was the other one I had up there? Cary Lake. There's another governor's race. Yeah, this is how scared they are of Cary Lake. Somebody sends some powdery substance in an envelope. You know, we've seen that for many years on various occasions. Some of you are old enough to remember the anthrax uh, scare and all that stuff going around. And uh, uh, I forget what the other the other thing, but the, the white powder poison. So somebody's sending that. I don't know if it was legit. You know, most of these cases turns out to be nothing. Uh, but nevertheless, a scare tactic, intimidation tactic, I think tactic. I think they had to close their uh, headquarters down. Um, but, but this is kind of stuff you see. And it's funny, I saw, uh, I sh should have pulled this up, some historian expert, uh, I think it was on CNN or MSNBC, and says that if Republicans win, uh, then our children are going to be rounded up and executed. We're going to be rounded up and our children executed. I mean, he's literally saying this. This is what is going to be the results of the Republicans uh, winning the House and, and the Senate. Uh, and, and then certainly if, if the Republicans win the presidency. So this is what they're saying. Now, you know, you look around and the literal violent attacks come from the left. They're always saying stuff like that. You know, January 6th and all this. I, I saw... Uh, uh, who's the one guy? Bill Maher, whatever his name. And he's being interviewed by one of these CNN talking heads. Uh, and he literally said something about uh, the, the thousands, thousands of people that showed up with weapons. Like, what are you talking about? Thousands of people showed up with weapons. January 6th, he says this. So just, just the nonstop fantasy land 
that they live in. They, they talk about the, you know, the, uh, they always have in their articles, the, um, the now debunked claim of 2020 election fraud, the, uh, the, the false claim of 2020. They're always talking about, you know, the, the lies of, of election fraud and all this. It doesn't matter that you show, you know, thousands of instances of actual voter fraud, people, people literally being charged, convicted, um, fine. I mean, all this, I mean, you, you know, you have legit cases all over the place. Uh, and, and it's constantly this, you know, the, the lie of election fraud, this is a lie and that's not true. Uh, yet they make up complete fabrications about the whole January 6th narrative and constantly talking about the violence and the killing and what's going to, you know, coming from Republicans. Yet all the, the, the violence is, is, is coming from the left when you talk about the political violence. Uh, that's not typically something that comes from the GOP. Now, you have some people, apparently, I don't know, in Arizona or wherever it was, guarding, uh, guarding the uh, drop boxes, uh, and they're up there in you know, tactical gear and ARs and masks and whatever, guarding, uh, guarding these drop boxes and you know, monitoring for, uh, for fraud. And uh, you know, not a good look, but yet the DOJ reacts to that kind of thing. Uh, all of a sudden, the Department of Justice you know, is going to send observers and all this kind of stuff. So you're sending troops everywhere uh, to monitor this. When the left engages in political violence, the left attacks somebody or something, DOJ does nothing. They don't react. They don't do anything. But, you know, you get some guys that are upset and, okay, maybe maybe it's not a good approach, not a good technique, uh, the, the way that they're monitoring. I, I would not... I mean, I don't know why you're monitoring with your AR and in technical gear. Like, what are you going to do? So, oh, I mean, how do you, how does that even work? Like, you see somebody drop off some uh, some ballots in the drop box, and you go, oh, that looks that that those don't look sketchy. I don't know how you tell that from a distance. Those look sketchy. And then, what are you going to do? Engage them with your rifle? So, I don't get I don't get that whole thing. I mean, I get the idea of wanting to monitor and. And that sort of thing. I don't. I don't get the whole tactical uh, setup for that. That that's that's a little odd uh, and a little much. So that's bad. That's bad messaging. Bad optics. Um, and then you've just given fuel to the feds to react, go crazy, and send out the troops everywhere. So, but but that's the hypocrisy of it. Something like that, they're going to react. But you have Antifa burning down the world. Uh, BLM, you know, robbing uh, every jewelry store and liquor store in the town. And no, that's nothing. They're an idea. Uh, we don't really have to do anything. They're not a, they're not a nationwide uh, group that's conducting violence across multiple uh, state lines. Yeah, yeah, that's not happening. They're just an idea. So we're not going to do anything. So, you know, that's how it goes. So apparently they're reacting to that. Anyway. So I don't recommend that. Don't don't get into voter intimidation and that sort of thing. Be poll watchers. You don't need to bring your ARs to polling boxes and stuff like that. Come on, guys. Give me a break. Uh, so we'll be watching these races. We'll be here in and out. And uh, man, Carrie Lake's gonna she's gonna she's gonna take it. I think she'll be a future president. Um, Kemp's gonna win. We'll see what. Zeldin does. 
I think uh, Ted Budd's going to win. J.D. Vance is going to win. Ron Johnson's going to win. Um, I feel like Mehmet Oz is going to win. They say it's even, but I, I see Oz taking that. I do. Not necessarily my first choice, but nevertheless, there we are. You talk about the overall trajectory and kind of tap the brakes on that. Now, the guy in Colorado, like Joe O'Day, I mean, he's he's trying to position himself as Mr. Moderate, you know, pro-abortion, whatever. So, I mean, I, I don't know how much – you talk about a GO, GOP win, how much can you count on a guy like that? Anyway, he, he says he bills himself as the Joe Manchin uh, of the Republican Party. So, eh, not too, not too excited about that Colorado race. Nevertheless, there could be some votes where he helps us stand in the way of the crazy agenda. Who knows? But, you know, the one reason why the Senate – or the reason – why the Senate is a big deal uh, is because of federal judges and, and justices. It's a, about those uh, appointments, uh, the, the judicial nominations and approval. That, that's really why uh, the Senate is key. So we need, we need the Senate. I mean, we could, you could stop, you know, you could essentially make uh, Joe Biden more or less a lame duck president taking the House. Uh, but the problem is he could still appoint judges and justices if uh, if he has the Senate. So we need the Senate, too. We need the Senate taken away from him uh, as well. And then, of course, we need Republicans to do the right thing. That's another issue. Uh, but you have to you have to win it before you can deal with that part of it. So stay tuned. Get out and vote. We'll we'll be on tomorrow uh, in and out sometime later in the afternoon, evening. And uh, check in with you guys, see how the voting's going, keep you updated. We're going to be following following the polls. We got some people at the polls and at the uh, at the uh, supervisor election offices, and we'll be uh, we'll be tracking everything. So tune in with us, and we'll be back. Don't forget to go to libertyfirstsociety.com and uh, get you some great education, training on the Constitution, on U.S. history, and uh, things that are. Things that are going on, insights to what's happening, how the enemy is working, how to recognize it, how to tell others about it, and how to fight against it. Let's uh, let's play that last video because uh, one thing the Democrats counted on when Roe v. Wade was sent back to the states, they counted on abortion being their their golden ticket. This was going to win the elections for them. The problem is, um, abortion is just not an issue. It's really not electoral issue. It doesn't drive, it doesn't drive voting. But when you, people, people vote their pocketbook. It's the economy stupid. That's it. People vote their pocketbook. Uh, the issue with uh, an issue like abortion and some of the social issues, that may be about motivating your base to turn out. That, that's really the only effect that that has. Uh, so if you're, if you're pro-life, you're pro-abortion, whatever, you're going to, you, you're already settled on how you're going to vote on that issue. So you're not swaying, you're not really swaying people. Uh, with that. So that's miscalculation on the Democrats uh, because they're so radical. The more radical they get, the more political miscalculations they're going to make because they're they're just ideologues and uh, driven by their utopianist, murderous, perversion agenda. So, but this is what they sound like. Play that video. Morally acceptable to take the life of a 10-year-old child. I assume you agree with that, right? That would be wrong, correct? 
I believe that. Okay, that is and wrong. a two-year-old child, same thing. That would be murder. We would all agree that's wrong. Then what is the principal distinction between the human being that is two years old, or nine months old, or one week old, or an hour old, than one that is eight inches further up the birth canal in the utero? What, what's the difference? Why is it okay in the latter case and not the former cases? I trust people to determine what to do with their own bodies. Wow. Full stop. Wow. Full stop indeed. And that describes right there exactly what this is about. There's a legal issue here, but un underneath that is a moral issue. It's about reality. It's about science, the advancement of medical technology. You're talking about unborn children. And your full stop is that you will support the termination of that child at any time. And that is frightening. If it is not. There you go. Full stop. Full stop. I trust people to make decisions about their own body. Uh, I'll say one more time. Baby is not a body part. Fetus is not even a body part. This is what's funny. Oh, it's not a baby. It's a fetus. Okay. Well, fetus is not a body part. It's not your body. That's somebody else's body being made. Somebody else's body growing and developing there. So it's not your body. And, uh, and you just heard that. Murder a 10-year-old? No. Murder a 2-year-old? Well, she wasn't real solidly committed on that murder a 2-year-old. The more you move back. Because, let's face it, many of them now support killing the baby on the table. You know, baby born just fine, no problem. And you have some certain time even after it's born uh, to, to kill the child that, that you don't want. And, you know, and we urge Stacey Abrams, this is, this is a way to uh, fight inflation, kill babies. Fight inflation. The reason people are experiencing inflation is because of children. They have children. I mean, it's crazy. This is how, this is how demented these people are. But I'm sorry, this, that's not a winning, that is not a winning uh, policy position, murdering children. Not a winning policy position. So they're, they're losing. People are not with that. Because they get, they get more and more extreme, right? Starts out, well, we just want to be accepted, just tolerance, just tolerance. No, it's not. That's a lie. It's never about acceptance, never about tolerance. And, you know, you think about the stuff with the kids. That has nothing to do, that, that's not even anything to do with transitioning. So when you think of an adult who says, you know, oh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a woman trapped in a man's body. I need to go have this surgery and, you know, transition. So no, it's not attacking adults about transitioning. That has nothing to do with the, with the kids that they're brainwashing in the school with kindergartners and then saying, don't tell your parents, parents can't be involved and we're gonna take this without the parents' knowledge. The, the, that relationship parent-child, you know, most parents think is sacred. So there's a whole different issue. It, it's all this is distraction, diversion. They try to change the subject. So it's about coming after your kids. And, and it is just diabolical, perverse, uh, insanity, insanity. And they're losing. Normal people don't go along with this. So this is why you see, I'll close with this, early voting. Lots of early voting, more than, more than before. I'll just give you an example, the early voting thing, because people always worry about you know, the early voting. That's where a lot of the 
you know, the fraud enables them to, to uh, enact the fraud. And we always tell people, vote on Election Day if you can. If you don't have to vote any other way, you know, vote on Election Day. Don't do the early voting, that sort of thing, because, you know, if you vote on Election Day, you overwhelm them. You don't give them time uh, to, to do their shenanigans. But you look at even the early voting, lots of early voting. Florida, for example. Florida, early, the early voting. Usually it's the Democrats turn out early voting and have a big lead, so-called, in early voting. The Republicans have absolutely swamped the Democrats in early voting. The, the Democrats are even overwhelmed. They're being beaten in early voting. And then it's Republicans that show up at the polls on voting day. So that adds another level. In Florida, barring shenanigans, no Democrat should be able to win tomorrow because up something like 700,000, some ridiculous number registration. Basically, basically from the time they, they were, uh, uh, I think, uh, 700,000 ahead, Democrats were 700,000 ahead, uh, I think it was in 2008. Basically, there's been a million person registration swing to the Republican side since that time. So they're outnumbered on the rolls. They're being swamped, absolutely beaten in early voting. And then Republicans are turning out in the polls. So in Florida will be a good, good measuring stick of the measure of shenanigans that go on or don't go on because no Democrat should have a good day in Florida tomorrow. It should be impossible given the numbers. So we'll be able to see that the, the shenanigans will be glaring uh, in Florida if they happen. And I think that's going to be mostly true everywhere. Overwhelm them with numbers. And that's what makes it difficult for them to carry out their corruption. So stay tuned, guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Get out and vote. Do the right thing. God bless you. Appreciate you watching. We hold these truths to be self-evident. That all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain alienable rights. We have a power. And we've raised a spoiled brat representative government that needs to be taken to the woodshed. Are you satisfied with the government that owns you? There are churches who refuse to allow us to use their facilities to teach. Unspoken or even sometimes spoken rule that religion and politics don't mix. You wouldn't dare speak out against the government or somehow resist. Christians have to be involved in politics. God commands it. Every turn of event through history hinged one person will stand up upon a single person and then everybody else will stand a gym member surrounded by a crowd of supporters was placed in handcuffs a tampa bay pastor has been arrested sentenced to a week in she jail she also and tore up a cease and desist letter we have a posterity waiting for us to say we will not comply so you will be free